to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I have a pretty special episode for you today. So I know a lot of you know that I run a program for reactive dogs, but I also have a recall training program. And Melissa purchased the program. She went through it with her dogs, and she's going to share all about her experience inside of Trustworthy Recalls today. So for those of you who aren't familiar, Trustworthy Recalls is a 21-day training plan to lay the foundation for an insanely trustworthy recall. So if you have a dog who does not come when you call them, we've got a program for you. So Melissa, do you want to go ahead and um, introduce you? Well, I introduced you already, but do you want to introduce your dogs to the listeners? Because you did this with all three of your dogs, right? Yes, I did. Um, I started off, well, my name is Melissa and I have three dogs, two of them, um, Scooby and Muffin, we've had for about almost four years. Well, I think they are four. We're going into the fifth year. And then in December, we got little Emma. Um, she's a little Yorkie, three pound, four pound Yorkie. And so I did do all three. Um, like with Emma, um, I would say like, we're still kind of continuing the course, but um, I kind of went I kind of noticed that she had some door dashing issues. I was like, oh my gosh. So I was on it, opened it up, got back to it and did it. Um, but yeah, so all of my dogs are smaller, um, 10 to 15 pounds for Scooby and Muffin and then three to four pounds for Emma. So, um, <laughs> and then do you know Scooby and Muffin's breeds or combos? They, they're like a Catan de Tulier Maltese mix. So they, they're longer haired dogs. And they're adorable. They're so white and fuzzy. Oh my God. Okay. So tell me, okay. So for Scooby and Muffin in particular, cause I know that you started the program with them. Where was their recall at before you started working through the material? Like, did they have a recall at that point? They did. Um, but not a good one. Um, like Scooby, he pretty much ignored me all the time. And then Muffin usually does stay by me. Um, so he doesn't wander too far away. Um, but that's just the nature of him. He's kind of more on the fearful side. So, um, he did pretty good, but like their training was, a, they started at a sit and a stay, and then you moved away from them and said, come, and then they would come and they were supposed to sit. And then you, you know, praised or rewarded on, um, how that was. And Scooby was just not having that. He was like, you know, screw you. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> okay. So were there particular circumstances in which you needed them to come that they weren't coming before you started the program? Um, like our issue, um, it was like around actually a year from now we had our fence um, blown down through a really bad storm. And so, um, you know, they were able to get out, um, through a number of occasions until we got it fixed in November. And it kind of came to the point where it's like, okay, they need to be able to come if we call them. Um, so it wasn't like necessarily 
um, something that was a problem until the defense issues. Right. Like thanks mother nature for reminding me that I still have more training to do. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Okay. And then at that point where, uh, with the exception of the backyard, were you letting either Scooby or Muffin off leash, like anywhere else in the world? No, they've never, they were never off leash. Um, uh, it was only on leash and, um, yeah. And we, I never really worked with recall on them on the leash either. It was mostly like, if we were going to do a training session, then, um, that's when I would do it. But other than that, no, right. never. And I love how you bring up kind of like the traditional, like have the dog sit, call them to you, have them sit again, because like, that's kind of like, I think what people think is recall training. But what trustworthy recalls gives you is actually like those organic real life situations. It's not that the dog is sitting and paying attention to you and you call them, right? In fact, we start from the dog is not paying attention to you, right? So really prepping them for some of those more real life situations instead of like the structured, right? Because if the dog is sitting and paying attention to you and you call them, like that is not going to translate in an, a high distracted setting, right? Like that's only going to work in that particular circumstance. That's true. Yes, most definitely. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So did you work through the program with both Scooby and Muffin at the same time, or did you go through work one dog and then go back and work the other dog? I did both the two. Um, we did it around Thanksgiving last time, last November. And so um, I worked both of them at the same time. So we started uh, like in the house doing the name, name calling. You know, I kind of, I started from scratch. Like I did the very beginning um, just cause I wanted to kind of see how the course was. So I went through it like step-by-step and um, yeah. So they did both of them at the same time. <laughs> I love that. And I think that that's just really good for everyone listening, right? So for everyone listening, you, you purchase the program once and you can use it for all of the dogs that you have, right? So I feel like it was a particularly good value for you since you got to do all three dogs. And I, and I think it's just good perspective for other people listening, like, oh my God, I have two dogs. Can I do it at the same time? And you can, right? Like you can absolutely work the program with both dogs essentially at the same time. Right. So do you want to share just a little bit about like the course content? Like, did you like how it was spelled out? Like do this on day one, do this on day four, do this on day seven. Like, did that make it easier to follow? Yeah, it did. Cause like I joined before you put the new stuff up, it was like in January. Um, I think you did the new stuff for February. Yeah. Um, and so that was easy to follow. Um, and it was like a step one, step two. And I just, every day I just looked at what I was supposed to do, went and did it. Um, if I had questions, cause there was a couple of days where it was like, you know, you do the same homework for two or three days. So I would go back and read that homework and then do it for that day. And then, um, with Emma, cause we didn't get her until December and by the time I realized, okay, we kind of have, she door dash it. <laughs> she doesn't, she's so little and she's black. And so like, it's like, you know, you blink and she's gone. So once I was like, okay, we got to work on recall with her. I went back and did the new training. And I really liked how that was because you had your welcome, your phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four. And then it's like a little black. So you finish one black, then you can go into the next. Um, 
and it was, and I just loved how it was like step by step. You just do each step and um, very easy, well organized. Um, so I, you know, it was the easiest to do. Yeah. So guys, I made some major improvements to the program and how it was laid out so that it was easier to follow. And then when you purchase the program, you get lifetime access. So Melissa bought it at first, I updated it and she got access to the updated version, right? So I'm so glad to hear that you were able to use the updated version for little Emma. Oh my gosh. Well, and I, and I love that you have three little dogs and we're spotlighting this because I think so often people are like, well, I have this tiny dog. It doesn't really matter, but you know, there's always that one firecracker dog. And I think that dog is definitely Emma for you. Right. And like showcasing like, Oh my goodness, we have some training to do here. Yes, She has taught me a lot <laughs> about dogs. <laughs> I think I had it relatively easy with Scooby and Muffin. And then when she came along, I was like, Oh boy. So yeah, one of her first things that she, we started working on was recall. And I pulled that up and was able to um, refer to that. And, you know, some of the stuff I remembered some, I had to go back and, you know, which was really nice to be able to just log in, read through it and then go back and apply it. Nice. Nice. Okay. So I want to talk just a little bit about the timeline and like, so for everyone listening, we start with some foundational stuff that's really easy to implement and do. And then as you progress through the day-to-day exercises, then I start to introduce the long leash distractions. So for Scooby and Muffin, do you want to talk about like, um, how it went, like finding semi-distracting locations to practice in, and then in turn getting to more distracting locations. Like, how was that for you? Like, so you're in, you're in, you're in Illinois, right? You're like outside of the city. Yes. Yes. We're probably, we're like in like farm country. Um, so there really isn't like too many distractions, but with them, um, you know, we have the rabbits that we have to, you know, watch out for because they do have, you know, they like to chase the rabbits. And then um, it was a lot of thought process. Um, like you kind of said, like knowing when there's going to be rabbits out or if it's going to be a higher, um, you know, with more people coming to the park or going down the street. So um, it was just more planning on that part. Um, and with Scooby, I would take Muffin, I keep home, but Scooby, we do take places. I do, we'll take them to places where um, we worked on that, where there's going to be more higher traffic with people and other dogs. And so it was just more planning on my part of where we're going to go. How are we going to work that and different and new locations too. And that, I think that's towards the end of the Yeah. So for everyone listening, I really detail understanding your individual dog and what they find distracting and what may potentially throw a wrench in them actually being able to come when you call them. So Melissa, I love how you brought up the planning, right? Because it does, right? Like there is some planning required on your part. Like, okay, what's the time of day where there, where can there be a distraction so that we have this opportunity to continue to work on the recall? Because the point of these recalls, right? The whole training, like I said, trustworthy recalls is to be able to trust your dog to come when you call them pretty much no matter what's going on. But that takes a lot of planning. So I love to hear that, like, even being in a more rural area, you were still able to plan and add in the distractions when you needed them to your training plan. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it was more of the planning or like with Emma, um, (laughs) she's a little bit different where bugs are the, (laughs) 
she likes bugs. And so I know with her, because she is so young and we're still working on things and she still needs more time. Um, like, I know I'm not going to go out in the evening when the bugs are coming up through the grass, because unfortunately I know she's not going to come yet. Yeah. We'll work up to that. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. And I love that so much. Right. Because I think that we, as humans, we have these very unrealistic expectations and timelines of our dogs, right? Like, okay. So she should be able to come no matter what, like, well, no, right. Once she's still a baby, right. Because how old yeah. is she now, Emma? 10 months. Oh my gosh. Right. Still a baby, still learning, still growing. But it's like, by the time she reaches like adulthood, like one and a half, two, oh my God, can you imagine how strong her recall is going to be by then? Oh yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> So good. So good. Okay. So do you want to talk a little bit about the timeline for Scooby and Muffin as far as like when you really started to see like the recall training work? Like my hope is that it started working right away, but do you want to kind of speak to like the timeline of that since Scooby and Muffin are adults and you've been working on this with them for longer? It was pretty much probably about halfway in between because I think it's like 30 days. So it was around day 15, I really started noticing um, that, you know, they were almost instantly. And then the automatic check-ins, once that really started kicking in, it, you know, like I just are really starting to feel more comfortable letting them go a little bit or dropping the leash. Um, and now at this point in time, I kind of feel like, wow you know, I'm like, hands off. Okay. <laughs> and people will joke with me. They'll be like, Hey, don't you think they won't come back? And I'm like, no, they'll come back. <laughs> so, which is so yeah. cool. Okay. So do you want to talk about where, like now that like Scooby and Muffin are, they do have a trustworthy recall. Where are you taking them? Like what opportunities are you giving them to be off leash or letting the leash drag? Um, Scooby, he's a little bit more flexible where we can go different places. Like we have a canal walk, um, where it goes through different parts of Illinois. And so in our area, we have a couple of different places where we can connect to that. And so we do the canal walk a lot. Um, there's a few state parks they are kind of busy, but one of them is a little bit quieter. So sometimes I'll let him off leash, depending on what's going on. Um, there and then in our park in their backyard um which is like right across the street so they get to do that muffin he like he like i can we could walk through the whole neighborhood and i could just never pick up a leash unless i see a car or you know sometimes i don't want to scare anybody but people or dogs then i'll pick up the leash for that but he could pretty much you know i can just call, recall i can recall him off of a rabbit right now. Um, yeah, <laughs> Emma's starting to be a little, uh, drop the leash across the park. I'm starting to try, you know, like it's kind of where I, if I know that it's like in the daytime, not a lot of bugs are out because the sun's out. Um, I do scan for rabbits, um, uh, because she's still learning too. And she can have a, a few moments of drop leash, but the two, the other two, like Scooby, we can, when we do the canal walk, he can be off leash, um, and come back. Um, it depends on that traffic too. Like if I see a lot of people, then, you know, I keep them on leash, but sometimes I'll do a draft leash, but oh so God. it's many different places. <laughs> That's so cool. Okay. So did you, 
like ever want to take them on off-leash walks before you did it? Or do you feel like after you did the program, you're like, well, damn, they've got these skills. Let's give them more opportunities to be off-leash. I think when I did it, I didn't have the expectation of them being dropped uh, on like off-leash or draft-leash. But afterwards, when I saw how, you know, they would just, the check-ins, like that was like the game changer, like, because they always check in that that's what made me feel like really comfortable. It wasn't so much the recalling, which they do come, but it was the check-ins. And I was like, Oh, well, there you go. Cause you're going to come back and check in with me. And they do. And I think that was my big game changer where it gave me the confidence to let go and be okay with that. So And it does, it takes like a certain level of bravery and confidence on the human end to be like, okay, I'm just going to straight up take your leash off right now. And everything is going to be okay here. It takes confidence. Well, and guys, something Melissa is referring to here too, is the auto check-in. And not only in the program, do I I give you a step-by-step guide, how to get a trustworthy recall. We also talk about just off-leash skills in general, right? Like how we can make it easier for the dogs to be off-leash. And like, maybe you don't even have to call them, right? Like they just have such a strong reinforcement history for checking in with you that they get to be off-leash. They will check in, but you don't even have to actually formally call them. Yeah. And that's what, that's helped out a lot too with those. And, um, and so then when they do get called, they know, Hey, I'm going to get more than just one. I'm going to get like a whole bunch too. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Jackpot for the win. <laughs> Jackpot for the win. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> you want to speak just a little bit to like, um, the increase in like overall, like, I don't know, quality of life for Scooby, especially Scooby, since he gets to be off leash, like so much and for Muffin and for Emma, like, do you want to speak a little bit just to like how that has maybe filled the dog's cups a little bit more now that they're getting more opportunities to like be off leash or drag along leash? Yeah. Like Scooby for him, he was, he's my sniffer. Like all he wants to do is sniff. And, um, and I think that was a struggle with us early on with the walks. And so now that he gets to free roam and explore and go at his own pace, um, when I give him those opportunities, he like, he, I think he's just a happier overall dog getting that ability to the sniffing. And then same with like Emma, um, <laughs> she's something and so like I I think for her being as young as she is she wants to explore she wants to sniff she wants to you know explore everything and being confined to either the backyard or on a short leash um I think it's really hard on her and I've noticed like she doesn't want to just dart out anymore she's you know she's waiting and then when she does get out she gets what her needs met So I think those are the most important things about letting them have that freedom is the sniffing and the ability to explore and do things on their own and then come back. Yeah. And is it nice for you to like, not have to worry about managing a leash sometimes too? Yeah. Especially when you have three dogs So (laughs) going to the park and knowing, or walking down the street, a lot of times I can just draft muffins leash and then only manage one or two leashes depending on who I have. And so it's just a lot nicer. (laughs) I love it. Right. And like, that's really the intention, right. Is that like, not only do we get to improve our dog's quality of life, but we also get to like alleviate some of the pressure of like, you know, 
your dogs are little, but that doesn't make it easier to manage three leashes, right? Like just because they're little, right? Like managing leashes is still a lot of work on the human end. So that's so nice that you and Scooby get your canal walks. You don't have to worry about the leash and he can sniff and do his thing. Oh my gosh. Okay. So for Scooby in particular, where's his recall at as far as bunnies are concerned? Um, he doesn't, he's not one to really care about bunnies. Um, he, so he, he'll come, you know, like he doesn't, he doesn't even really notice, notice them very much. Whereas Muffin is the more the prey drive. Fun. And so. you can successfully call Muffin off of a, uh, a rabbit. Yeah. Oh my God. That's freaking huge. Yeah. that's so good. Well, and it's like, you know, I think that people often forget that like our little dogs, a lot of them come pre-programmed with some pretty strong freaking prey drive too. (laughs) Yes, they do. (laughs) Sorry, I'm laughing. (laughs) You know, like my, my smallest friend is the one with the biggest prey drive and it's like bugs, rabbits, bees, birds, like anything that moves. And so it's crazy. <laughs> oh my God. But how cool, right? That like you have this framework and you can keep working on it. And I think for everyone listening too, like while it's just a like month long program, that doesn't mean that you can't utilize everything that you learn. You actually have to utilize it and continue to work on it. Right. So like it's a jump start, but it gives you the skills to maintain. So you're always maintaining that recall and building on it if it needs more reinforcement. Yeah. And I do go back um, every now and then and kind of look through it to see, especially if I notice like, okay, today he's having a harder time. One of the dogs that they're having a harder time. I'll like go back, look through it. And I do refer back to it throughout, you know, I think it's been since November. I've probably checked back, I don't know, maybe, you know, five or six times over, you know, since then. So I do like that, that, you know, if I ever have questions and, Or if I'm not sure about something, I can say, okay, let me go back and look at that real quick. And yeah, so I like how it's always accessible. Right. Right. And then you can just reference it if you need it. Right. And like, you know, I don't think you're going to be getting another dog anytime soon, but if you did use it for them too. Yes. And we would right away. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Early. So, so Melissa, for anyone who's listening, who's maybe on the, the fence, like, I don't know, is this program for me? What would you say to them? I would say do it. Um, it's very helpful. And I think it's for, I think it's for everybody. Even if you don't even want your dog off leash, like that was not my, you know, my end game. My end game was just to kind of, it was, it was honestly my very first, like, um, positive reinforcement training, like an actual real one. So it was more for me to experience that. And, um, and I just kind kind of felt, you know, I mean, that was an awesome experience in itself was to learn, you know, how that works, you know, learn how to treat, learn the marking word, the, the cure, the release word, and all those things, um, that come with that. And I was able to take that and, um, take it over to some of the other things that we work on. And so I just think overall, it's a great experience to, for your dog and, and for yourself. And I just know that, um, it's kind of, it's changed up all of us, all three of us. And, um, I think we even have a better relationship with that. Like that was the start of developing a better relationship with my dogs and seeing them a little bit more happier 
and a little bit more free and doing what they're supposed to do. Oh my God. I love that. I didn't realize that was like your first, like, okay, this is how you do positive reinforcement. I love it, Melissa. Okay. So <laughs> just, okay. So for everyone listening after Melissa did trustworthy recall, she also joined reactive redefined, right? Because muffin has a yeah. lot of feelings about a lot of yeah. things. So I love how that was kind of like the precursor. And then you were able to like really dive into some more of like the reactivity stuff too. Yeah. And it was also kind of my go-to too at first with, um, before I started reactive redefine and learning more tools, it was kind of like my little go-to to like get, like to recall Scooby off of some of the, like the people in the docs. Like I would see Scooby come, he would come cause he knew, Hey, I'm going to get the freaking jackpot. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming. <laughs> you know? And so I was, it, so that it was my first tool to kind of use to deal with their reactivity too, until I learned how to do it better. <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. I love it so much. Okay. Well, Melissa, the world is a better place because of wonderful dog guardians like you. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know all the listeners are going to be so excited to hear your perspective on it. Uh, well, thank you. It was fun. All right, you guys, you know how much I love VetCS CBD products for my dogs. Great news. They make CBD products for humans. I got the orange flavored uh, dropper and I put it in my Lady Grey lattes and it is so freaking delightful. So you can get CBD for your dog. You can get CBD for you. Check out VetCS.com and you can use code DisorderlyDogs for 10% off your purchase. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.